You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? I am doing perfectly fine. And yourself? Just ducky, as they say. Um, excellent. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and so lots going on today, Jimmy. Not centric. I mean, the Celtics, Danny Ainge is stepping down, and Brad Stevens is stepping down to take Danny Ainge's spot. So the Celtics need a coach. Uh, coach K has announced he's going to retire after next year. You're apparently going into a haunted house. <laughs> what was that? Hey, I, I'm not. I'm not afraid. Who's afraid of them ghosts? Uh, so yeah, uh, Bob Baffert has been suspended from horse race, racing for like two years. Um, I mean, yeah, it's it's a wild day, dude. Slow news day, as they say. Well, you know, Jimmy, I think where we can start, let's start with um, Coach K just for a second. Where do you think he stands? versus somebody like Nick Saban. Um, because that's going to be interesting to see when Saban, if Saban ever does retire, and I don't think he'll do an announcement like Coach K because recruiting and football is so much different. But I think he'll sort of just say, you know, I'm out of here, see you all later. But how do you think the public perception will be when Saban does eventually retire versus what's going on with Coach K right now? I think it'll be similar. Um I don't think Coach K is the greatest college basketball coach of all time. I, I think that's John Wooden, but Coach K is is probably second and certainly number one in, in, in this generation. And I admire him greatly. Um, I think he's a, a great coach and a great person and has done as much or more for the sport as anyone. And uh, I, I'd sort of hold him in a similar reverence to Nick Saban. I'll just say that I, I think I think it's a little easier easier to dominate in basketball just simply because of roster size uh 13 guys to manage instead of 85 and one basketball player makes an enormous difference whereas in football you need a bunch of dudes to be good um so i just say i'm not saying that coach case job is easy i just think it's easier than football in terms of like i said just the size of it all but uh Wow, I'm, I, I couldn't be more impressed with what he's done. I'm a big fan. Uh, I would be in awe to see him. I mean, you know, I mean, to me, he's a real rock star in the sense of, like, holy moly, that's Coach K right there. Um, and uh, he's done just an excellent job at Duke and, and for college basketball as a whole. And, and I think Nick's retirement will look similar in the sense that uh, I think there will be universal. Not everybody loves Nick Saban, but – other than hardcore haters who are too emotional about it, I think Nick Saban will be universally respected when he retires, and even some of his haters will reluctantly have to admit, yeah, he sucks, and he probably cheated the whole time, but <laughs> but he, he's the best coach that's ever been in, in college football. I'm going to say again, the thing Coach Saban does that he never gets enough credit for, people think you just line up talent and then that talent performs without being coached or motivated. 
and they just whip people's ass. I think that can happen on a one-off basis against a mediocre team. I don't think that can happen on a consistent basis in the SEC. I think that you still have to motivate. Um, you can have the most talented players in the world, but if you don't know how to uh, make chemistry happen, they're going to go 10-3 and three like we did in 2010, right? Yep. No, that's right. I mean, Coach Saban, I think everybody is in awe at how he accumulates the talent and then keeps everyone happy. Keep in mind, it's not just accumulating the talent. If Nick was such a tyrant, if he was such a talent guy, if he was such an ogre, how come all – I mean, he's been signing 25 guys a year since 07 at Alabama to say nothing of what happened to LSU. How many of Saban's former players in the NFL are not trash him? Almost zero. I know it's happened. Of course it's happened. But, you know, in terms of what Saban's reputation is, hey, it just doesn't fly uh, with the players he's coached. I think there's just universal respect for, for Coach Saban. And, uh, hey, I'm sure, you know, his players will, will might tell you that he's not warm and cuddly and he's not Grandpa Saban to them. But there is – Universal respect, and it starts with his players, current and former. Jimmy, let me go ahead and tell everybody our new sponsor, Made In. Look, I saw a Made In commercial the other day. I couldn't believe it. Like, we start doing this Made In live read, and then I see on a national news segment uh, a commercial for Made In. If you're serious about cooking, you should invest in your kitchen tools. Made In's cookware and kitchenware products are used by thousands of the world's best chefs. I tried their knife. I'm telling you, this big knife, I don't know the name of it. I just know it was a big knife that I needed a good knife. I got a bunch of crap knives. This is a good knife. And I loved it because it sliced everything perfectly the way I wanted it. I tried it once and I'm hooked. I'm going to buy some more Made In stuff myself. I'm telling you, love this stuff. Right now, you can go to madein.com and they're offering our listeners 15% off your first order with promo code LOCKED ON. This is the best discount available anywhere. You can't get a better discount than this discount. Madeincookware.com. Madeincookware.com. That's M A D E I N cookware.com. Use promo code LOCKED ON, 15% off that order. I'm telling you, if you cook, you're going to love these products. They're just better cookware for better meals. They have 28,000. 28,000 five-star reviews, and their products are used by some of the world's best chefs at Michelin-starred restaurants around the world. Go check them out, madeincookware.com, promo code locked on. Also, I want to tell everybody about rockauto.com. All the parts your car will ever need, Rock Auto. Yeah, I bought some Rock Auto, too. I buy our stuff, man. That's what I do. I, that's what you should do. Our listeners go uh, to rockauto.com, put in there, uh, how you heard about them locked on Bama. We would appreciate it. You don't get any discount because their prices are already so freaking low that they can't give you a discount. They're like, this is it. This, we, you have found the rock bottom price of, of car parts right here. Auto.com. Give them a whirl. We would appreciate it. You need a chassis, a timing belt, a windshield wiper, a brake light. Uh, I guess I don't know a lot about cars. 
and the website's easy to navigate. I was very quickly and easily able to find the part I needed for my 2016 Ford Explorer, which has been beat to hell and back because I have children all over this great country of ours. I have to go see them and I, they rip my car to shreds every time they get in it. So I've always got to get some new car parts like all the time. Go to rockauto.com and you can save money like I do. Rockauto.com. Jimmy, uh, transfer portal news. I, I think I feel like we should have like a transfer portal alert. Like, woo, woo. I don't know. That, that, that's not good. That's no, not no, good. it would need to be the same uh, noise as like on the old Star Trek, you know, when they would literally beam somebody to another place. There was a noise that machine made. That would need to be the noise. Or the or whatever Thanos did in the Avengers when he had the the oh, uh, Infinity we, Gauntlet, you know. Yeah, when he snapped his fingers or whatever, and half, well, no, when he wanted to transfer, when he snapped his fingers, he he killed half a life on Earth. I don't want to kill half right. the people in the transfer portal. I just want just want to make a sound, man. What are you, what are you so morbid? <laughs> um, but uh, no, uh, transfer portal news. Keelan Robinson is in the portal. I mean. Stevie Wonder could see this in a snowstorm. I mean, it was coming, right? Yeah, I mean, now, I'm not going to be the, oh, it was coming, me and you have been talking about it for weeks sort of thing. It was just one of those, I'll admit, the, the, my, my reaction was this. It was initial surprise. Like, I, you know, I found out, you know, and then I was initially like, really? And, and, and I think my initial surprise was this. When he opted out, I, I didn't expect him to come back. I thought... Man, he, this is a good time for him to reevaluate where he is and will he play and he's gone and he's not in school and, and, and the NCAA is going to be granting immediate eligibility to everybody. They're not going to fight anybody on COVID. And uh, so when he came back, I, I was more, I was surprised. I was really surprised. So when he hit the portal, my initial reaction was surprise. And then literally within 30 seconds, then I was like, no, this was coming all along. The moment I was told about a couple of days before everybody else knew, the moment I was told Keelan spent a lot of time at practice at a wide receiver. Yeah. And that, that, that's when I should have, you know, I should have known at that moment, like, well, his ass will be in the portal by, by the end of May. Um, just simply because of this. I mean, you have to remember where these kids are coming from. Keelan, right or wrong, I'm sure Keelan believes he will be an NFL running back, and he might. He he might. He's good. He might be an NFL running back. He's certainly going to get a crack at it. So Keelan probably saying to himself or someone saying to Keelan, hey, I checked out the resumes of the 32 starting running backs in the NFL. You know how many of them spent a day at wide receiver in college? None of them. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, running backs are running backs, right? That's not a position change type spot. I mean, you're, you're born a running back, you're not. Now, I think Alabama moving Keelan to wide receiver was an honest attempt on Alabama's part to say, dang, this kid's good. We've got to find a way to get him the ball. And I think that's all Alabama was doing. Alabama wasn't trying to run him off. Alabama's trying to like, this kid's too good not to be touching the ball. And I think that's all Alabama was doing. So, so really, I think it's almost an admission on Alabama's part of, hey, you know, if you stay at running back, you're not going to play in front of Brian. You're not going to play in front of Roy Deller Jace. Trey, once he's healthy, he's going to be ahead of you. 
We all know what Kamar Wheaton might be when he gets here. He just wasn't going to play at running back at Alabama, and he wants to be a running back. And as much as I hate to see him go, because I think he's probably one of our better players that has portaled out in the past few years. I think Keelan's one of our better guys that has left. But I get it. I'm not even upset about it. And in the end, if he really wasn't in the picture this fall at running back, meaning he wasn't one, he wasn't two, he wasn't three, then we're not really dinged and we need the numbers. So I really think this is sort of win-win while at the same time acknowledging that Keelan Robinson is a damn good football player. Yeah, and it is funny that he did opt out and he could have transferred anywhere. And I guess he's technically still can, but at the time he could have transferred in. I mean, he could have transferred to the Charleston Culinary School and NCAA, well, you got immediate eligibility and the culinary school would be like, we don't even a football team. They'd be like, tough shit. You got to accept him. I mean, <laughs> if you could go anywhere. Yeah, he could have gone to Maryland last year. I think he just told the NCAA, uh, there's COVID and stuff. I, I want to go, go home. There's COVID and stuff. The NCAA would say, okay. Yeah, and and instead he comes back to Alabama to the surprise of everybody, mm-hmm. and then he's leaving. And I'm like you, it wasn't it wasn't a surprise. It was a surprise that wasn't a surprise. I was I was surprised, but surprised it took this long. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, in retrospect, in retrospect, this all makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you can't have seven running backs in the running back. Just in my mind, this is Jimmy Stein's opinion. I think the perfect number of running backs in scholarship is five. I think that's the perfect number. We had seven. Six is even pushing it, really. I mean, you can live with six, but just keep in mind, if you have, it's a zero-sum game. If you have more than five, that means you have a problem somewhere else. You're short somewhere else. That's right. Now, you know, so even with Keelan leaving, we have six, okay? But we only have three quarterbacks and five tight ends, and, and I bet we would like more. And one of the reasons we don't have more is we have too many running backs. But the funny thing about our running back room, if you just look at it on paper, you're like, oh, my God, that is stuffed to the gills. Prior to Keelan leaving, you're like, it's stuffed to the gills. we got talent on talent. And then you start looking at it piece by piece. You're like, okay, Brian Robinson, he has proven to be um, above serviceable. I think that's – I'm not like going to even say – I'm not going to even say he's been good. I'm going to say he's been above serviceable. Um, I like it. Then Kamar Wheaton. We don't know what – nobody's – I don't know if anybody's seen this cat for like two and a half years. <laughs> his, right. recruit, his recruitment was weird. We don't know what's going on there. Uh, Trey Sanders has had every injury under the sun, including several that were non-football related. Um, and so then there's Jace McClellan and Roydale Williams. We're not 100% sure they're not the same person. So, I mean, I'm just saying that there's, there, there are some catches to this. So right. it's not like we truly have this crowded, proven room. We've got seven – well, we had seven really nice running backs that if you combined all their talent and then formed it like a chicken McNugget and spit them back out, you would have – Four and a half super badass wide receivers. I guess four and one player that was like, you know, he's like four foot two, and but he was a badass. You couldn't keep him off the field. Um, and so 
I, I just don't know that we've got a, I don't know that we have a superstar. We don't know that right. there'll be somebody listening to this who gets all fired up about recruiting like we have in the past and says, Luke doesn't know what he's talking about. We got several superstars. We don't know that. We know Jason McClellan can bust an 80-yarder against Arkansas. We knew Keelan Robinson can bust an 80-yarder against New Mexico State. We have not seen anybody else do much of anything. Right, and that was in and that was in garbage time for both, both games. times. Yep. That wasn't the first quarter. And I can make every running back that we have on the roster right now sound pretty good by describing them, and, and then I can also make every running back on the roster sound highly questionable. And everything I would have said in both discussions would have been facts. I mean, and, and I think we have a running back room full of promise and full of potential, but none of them are proven. And man, I, I can get super frustrated. And remember, I'm the recruiting guy. I'm the one that hypes these guys. And I'm the one that tells you how great they are or how questionable they are. I'm the recruiting guy, right? Well, if you want to really frustrate me, tell me that we're going to be great at running back this fall because of Kamar Wheaton. I know he's a five-star. I know how good he can be. I know how much I'm willing to bet that he's going to be really good. But he's not a college football player. He is a high school prospect. And if you are just so sure that he is a uh, Eric Dickerson or Darren McFadden, then go bet your money on it at betonline.ag because they'll take prop bets from you right now. Go, go tell them you want to bet uh, that Kamar Wheaton's going to rush for a thousand yards this fall. They'll take your money. They'll take your money on that prop bet, which is oh, why they're so great. <laughs> but I'm just saying, even the most highly hyped prospects are prospects. They are not players, not yet. There is no certainty Kamar Wheaton's going to be great, much less this fall. And I'll tell you another five-star back that came in with pretty much the same ratings was Damian Harris. And after his freshman season, half the guys on, on T.I. were trying to run him off the team because they didn't think he was any good. You know, it took Damian a year to adjust, and then he was really good. I'm just saying, uh, Kamar Wheaton is just a prospect. Trey Sanders has as serious an injury as any running back I can remember at Alabama. It's crazy to expect him to be his old self this fall. Now, maybe he will be. It's fine to hope, and that may be right. God knows the kid's working his ass off. But I, I just don't know what we have with Kamar Wheaton. I don't know if Trey Sanders will be healthy. Kyle Edwards, the most impressive he's been is in a scrimmage against the backup defense. He was pretty good in one scrimmage against the backups. That only leaves Brian Robinson, Roy Dell Williams, and Jace McClellan. And you describe Brian perfectly. He's definitely more than serviceable. We can win with Brian Robinson. But Brian has gotten a lot of opportunities to prove he's an elite back. He hasn't yet. He's just proof that he, you could argue he's good or serviceable, but the argument would be in between those two poles. He has not been a great back. Now, could he be great this fall? I, I'm like his biggest fan. I mean, I'm like, I hope so. Of all the backs this fall, I hope Brian has a great year. I hope he's awesome. Uh, and, and that may happen. But we haven't seen it yet. And, and, and we'd say the same thing out of Jason Roydell. I mean, they're promising. They're promising. 
but we haven't seen them make great plays against LSU, Miami, Texas A&M, and Florida. We haven't seen them do that. So if you haven't seen them doing it, all you're doing is hoping. And, and yeah, a lot of them will prove to be good. I'm confident in that group, but there are as much question marks as there is proven goodness. I mean, nice. they just have a lot to prove, although I'd bet on a lot of them. Jimmy, let me tell everybody about Built Bar, BuiltBar.com. They just sent me my samples. Grasshopper cookie, y'all. Tastes like a mint, uh, thin mint from the, the Girl Scouts, kind of. Uh, I hope I'm not infringing on a trademark there, but that's kind of what it tastes like. It tastes delicious is what it tastes like. If you think, hey, what's delicious taste like? Let me send you one of these mothers for free. But go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for a 15% discount. That's locked 15 for 15% discount at builtbar.com. B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. These bars are great for a keto diet or a keto diet, as Jimmy once told you. Uh, they're great to maintain or to lose weight. They are high in protein, uh, low in carbs. I'm telling you folks, you're going to love them covered in chocolate. Uh, you just can't beat them. Go to builtbar.com. Just give them a chance to win you over. They will do this. They will woo you. That's what built. That ought to be their slogan, their tagline. Built Bar, we will woo you. Yes, they will. BuiltBar.com. Go there now. Promo code LOCKED15. Got right, some today, and I'm so excited about my Built Bars that came today, and whew, they'll be gone in two days because I'm an idiot. I just tear through them. <laughs> You're one of those who's not trying to maintain or lose weight. You're trying to gain weight, and it's working. Um, but, uh, Jimmy, really quickly, because i got to go step out. My my 11-year-old son's in town. i got to take him and his cousin uh, on a new sea my father bought, and uh, i got to go take him down there, and i got to go do some sea-doing. You know, yeah, i got to go upstairs and uh, wreck another family. i got some clients up there. Oh, yeah. Oh, this is actually, this time you're doing it for legal purposes. I mean, I know you've done it in the past just by being yourself. This time I'm um, being the good guy, not the bad guy. So, really quickly, does Georgia's, the five-star cornerback from, and a Rick Gilbert, the five-star tight end, who has already spent more time in in a portal than somebody who works the, the tunnels or the channel in, in between England and France is, 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 does this put so much undue pressure on, on Kirby smart that this, you want to talk about, here's where I think you're going to separate Nick Saban and Kirby smart. Okay. People look at Georgia's roster and they should and think, Oh my God, how is anybody going to stop them or score on them? I get that. I understand it because it is uber talented. And they just got two five-star dudes within five minutes of each other yesterday. But this is what I've been talking about. Roster management and, and chemistry is so important. Can Kirby Smart work in the lab long enough to build this chemistry? Or is he going to let somebody like Rick Gilbert, who has had some, you know, I mean, some questionable decisions in his time in the college football over the last year and a half is that he's trained from LSU to Florida, back to LSU to Georgia. That's weird. And that's beyond weird. And the fact that he may not even have this, I mean, I heard today he may not have the six hours needed to be eligible is also weird. So um, 
because that is a strikingly low number of hours needed to be eligible. It's two classes. uh, But my point is, this is where we'll see how good Kirby Smart is because he's got the schedule to do it. My prediction now for Georgia, I think they the East. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not going crazy. But I'm wondering if they beat Clemson and maybe convincingly, but slip have a South Carolina-esque slip up along the way and maybe two of them. And if they do that, Kirby Smart loses with this schedule in this roster. I'm telling you, Jimmy, people are going to start really putting him on the hot seat. I think Kirby, by taking these two guys with checkered pasts, to say the least. These are checkered past kids. I think what Kirby has done is he has pushed his chips to the center of the table. I think he's put it all on this season. He, it's all now. He's like, all right, I'm going to win this thing now uh, because this isn't sustainable. You can't just take checkered past kids by the, by the droves every summer. You know, he's already got Pickens who, who doesn't have the greatest – reputation out there has been kicked out of games and suspended and stuff. Um, I think he's just, I think, I think it's win a, a national, not an SEC, win a national championship this year. And if he doesn't, I don't know if hot seat is the right term, but I, I, it just feels like a now or never. It's now or never. Kirby, if you can't win it, if you can't win it with this much, you're just not going to win it. He's even got a talented, experienced upperclassman quarterback that's played in quite a few games now when you, when you, when you factor in the USC experience. So it's now or never. And, and hey, this is what I'm going to do. I'll be in the minority. I'm not, trust me. I mean, I, I think they will. I mean, I, and I'm evaluating that based on the 22 guys they're putting on the field. I, I, I think they could slash should win the national championship. They certainly have the, the talent to do it. And if he's ever going to do it, it's going to be now. And he's going to have to go through Alabama, probably go through Texas A&M, go through Clemson, Oklahoma, maybe at the end. Um, so they'll have earned it if they get that far. But yeah, to me, it's to me, this is Kirby saying, "This is my, this is it, this is my year, this is our year to win it." So I'm going to take these two dudes, and uh, and and let's let let's try to win it all right now. And it does make me think, Jimmy, how often have desperation moves paid off? How often have they? You could make the case, I guess, that Nick Saban's move to put in Tua Tungvaluwa in the national championship game, people saw it as a desperation move. I'm, I'm going to tell you, as a dude who went to practice, uh, that to watch the team practice before the Clemson game that year, that wasn't a desperation move. Nick Saban knew what everybody knew. Tua was a bad mofo. And he could sling the rock. And he just did not have the opportunity to make the substitution before then because Jalen, for the most part, was winning. But I I think about these desperation moves. I mean, um, Mike Dubose had several of them where you take these guys with questionable character or you you pay a defensive lineman $200,000 or whatever you do. Mm -hmm. Um, And we've seen other teams do it with with guys um, that that it just never really seems to pay off. And I, I just wonder if this is going to pay off. I, it's just going to be have, so interesting to watch. If they have bad chemistry and it's a mess, but Ooh, it's I, a, I guess it's just the best way to put it. I, I'm not going to be surprised. If it's yeah. a mess, I won't be surprised one bit if they 
win the national championship, I also will not be surprised because I'll be like, well, they had the best, ex most experienced team. Of course they did. All right, buddy, that's going to do it for this episode. We will be back tomorrow with another one, probably doing some more roster countdown stuff. So uh, until then, roll tide. Roll tide.